All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Pittsburgh Steelers postgame podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, podcast producer Brian Anthony Davis, other co-editor of the website, Dave Schofield. We just talked about the offense, everything from Ben Roethlisberger down to the offensive line. Now it's time to diagnose the defense. But gentlemen, the defense, real quick. Let's do I, I want to get your knee-jerk reactions on just the defense before we go into specifics, because we kind of do that at the top of the show. We'll do it at the top of the second part. Brian, we'll start with you. What, what's your knee-jerk reaction after this loss? You know, I thought the defense in the uh, the first half of that game locked it down, did everything they could do despite all the problems. Then they saw the pick six, and I was like, oh, my gosh, what are we doing? And then they felt the pressure. They came back. They came back after the half. Here comes uh, Buffalo finding digs, and they started to gut them. And the problem was, the problem was for the defense was they couldn't stop that. But they have so many people gone from it. I thought they played valiant, and it's really hard for me to completely rip this defense whatsoever. I thought they stepped up, did what they could. They ended up giving up two touchdowns in this game. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Knee-jerk reaction on the defense? They were doing everything they could until they were just let down by everybody else. I mean, that includes special teams because next thing you know, Buffalo's getting decent starting field position off of kickoffs and, you know, after, you know, and, and, things of that sort. I mean, the defense went from only giving up a field goal in the first half to then being then trailing coming out of the half because of what the offense did. Then what's so frustrating is when you come out of halftime, what do you see right away? You see how teams adjust at halftime and you saw Buffalo go, Eight plays for 68 yards and a touchdown. You saw the Steelers go three plays for minus nine yards and a punt. Yeah. I mean, what I mean, the defense was just it it feels like 2019 all over again. They're asked to do too much. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you guys hit the nail on the head there. But let's get this, let's get started on our grades here with the defense. We we always talk about things in phases. So let's do the run defense first. The Buffalo Bills rushed for 104 yards. Zach Moss had 43. Singletary had 32. Josh Allen had 28 um, uh, of his own. And then even Stefan Diggs was credited with one yard. Guys, how do you grade the rush defense in this game? Start with you, Brian. You know what? I am not going to uh, penalize them for what happened in the last, the, uh, last drive of the game. Because really, they gave up. I bet you they gave up close to half those yards. Um, in that last series that uh, still didn't culminate in a touchdown. I thought the uh, the rush defense was really good up until, like I said, that last drive. They were completely gassed. They were gutted. They just saw an interception. There, there was really uh, – I'm going to excuse that, and I thought they had a pretty good game, you know, stopping Moss and Singletary. What about you, Dave? Yeah, I pretty much have the same feelings as Brian. I'll I'll mirror everything he said. What was your grade? What was Brian's grade? Oh, did I get? I, I don't actually, know that he did. <laughs> I I well, you said knee jerk reaction, so I yeah. didn't even give a grade. Yeah. Um, but you know what? 
let me go ahead and give them a B minus because remember they did this without Spillane and Vince Williams. So rush defense, I'm I'm going to give them just an even B. I mean, yes, they gave up over 100 yards collectively, but nobody for more than 50. And it, it's just, like I say, they're being asked. They're being asked to do too much. They're being asked to carry the team. They're being asked to be on the field all the time. Yeah, you're asking a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give them a, uh, <clears throat> I will say a C plus. But like you, like Brian said, without Spillane, without <clears throat> you know Vince Williams, especially, you're without two guys that know the system that have been playing together now almost since the, almost the entire season. So that definitely a big issue. Now let's go to the um, the pass rush. The Steelers did get to Josh Allen one time. It was the only sack they had, and they and I say they, the Buffalo Bills, had been giving up a lot of sacks. Uh, coming into this game, they'd given up 24. So they did a good job. And Josh Allen is a very athletic, mobile guy as well. So I want to give him some credit there too. The Steelers did uh, get five quarterback hits, uh, but still the pass rush. I mean, Keith Butler went right back to the the blitz happy approach that we saw early on in the season. Brian, if you're grading the pass rush, how, what are you grading it? I thought the pass rush hurt them in this game. So I'm going to go ahead and say that C minus because one sack was not enough. And I get everything you say about Josh Allen. I think he's a very good quarterback. I He gets out of trouble, but we watched a lot of plays where the uh, offensive linemen were eating up Watt. They were eating up the other guys. We, you know, they got penalized when they did hold them. I didn't think that there were a lot of egregious holds that were missed. Um, I don't even know if there were any that uh, I was complaining about as far as, oh, he was holding there. So it really didn't feel like it. I thought uh, the uh, Buffalo offensive line handled the Steelers' pass rush. So I'm not giving it a great grade, and I always do. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I. it's funny. When they called that hold um, against Buffalo where T.J. Watt was held – it seemed like he grimaced with his shoulder when he when he the way that the offensive lineman um held on to him there and the way his arm twisted through, which I mean they're professionals, I'm sure that happens a lot, but I mean it's they they couldn't get home. Honestly, they should have had two sacks because the the other one that they called an incomplete pass, Cam Sutton knocked it out of his hand. Yeah. That should have been a fumble regardless of who recovered it. And because it's a fumble where it was, it probably would have counted as a sack. But, yeah, the pass – I mean, see, it, was, it wasn't it was anything overly impressive this game. Yeah. Now, I'll give – I'll agree. I did like what I saw from Highsmith, and he did get banged up. Um, I He just – he has that – I guess he, he has this finesse to his game that Bud Dupree never has, has never had. And, and it's just not his style. But his he's I think he's going to be a good player, Alex Highsmith. Just just wanted to say that, like just get it out there, good Dave. Yeah, I want to say two things. One, Cam Hayward was was just destroying them in the first half, and they that's what they had to adjust to. They had to say we're going to focus on him and make the other guys beat us, and it worked. Yep. So that's thing. So I don't I don't want to knock ninety seven at all. And the other thing. Highsmith went down two different times in the game, and he came back. He just didn't seem to have quite the same motor when he came back. So I have to commend him for coming out there and playing through. But at the same time, 
he's a little digged up right now. Absolutely. Yeah. Along with a lot of them. Yeah. So I'll go with a C. All right. I want to get to the super chats before I lose the steel dog. Uh, 88 gives us $5. It honestly gets to the point where the offense can't keep up with the defense in the game and the defense gets gassed. I mean, that was pretty evident. I agree. Games. Yeah. Greg S gives us $5. His thoughts about the refs calls or lack thereof negating a Steelers fumble recovery early and allowing a bills interception late. That's a Dave. You just kind of talked about that yeah. a little bit. Um, it, I thought it was at least worthy of a challenge. The, the, the problem camera. is if there's no clear recovery for the Steelers and the, and you can't call it a clear recovery because it wasn't recovered before they blew the whistle. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. cause once they blow the whistle, they can say, well, players aren't going to dive on the ball. So since there was no clear and obvious recovery, it would have been futile because they wouldn't have got the ball for it. So, so it was basically a, a bad call from the ref that couldn't be corrected. And let's be, I mean, we can nitpick calls. We can call, I could, I could talk about the Mondo roughing oh, the pass the penalty, which was, I don't know what they expect him to do in that situation, but yeah. I mean, I guess well, he brought in up rules expert. He's like, it wasn't late. And he didn't <laughs> hit him somewhere he wasn't supposed to. I didn't know if he was supposed to put a pillow was. down. He says to put a pillow down and have a blanket ready. He said that he can cover him up. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, the, this officiating crew was sketchy all the, the whole game where they were throwing late flags, you know, like on the James Washington. It was a good no call, I thought. But, man, it was bad. It was bad. Um, let's see here. Runner, uh, Runner Delgado gives us four ninety nine. He said, I'm late to the show. Don't know what's been discussed. But does it seem more like Big Ben has an elbow problem or are calls from the offensive coordinator? I think it's an offensive problem. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm not buying the whole Ben's arm is the issue thing. But that's. Just I think me. it's multiple things. Yeah, and that's what makes it difficult. Greg uh, gives us five dollars. His goal should be to have the division locked up by week 17 and rest. Zero difference between two third, two three and four seeds, especially if the Ravens are seven. Don't want to see them again. At this point, <clears throat> it, it doesn't matter who the Steelers play. I mean, at, at this point in time, it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough sledding no matter who they play in the playoffs. So uh, the only thing that's comforting, I guess, is that the Steelers have locked up a playoff seed. So we'll put it that way. Let's go back to the box score and let's look at the pass defense. So Josh Allen threw the ball 43 times, 24 for 43, 238 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. I'm guessing that they're not calling the second takeaway an interception, but a fumble because I thought that would have been an interception, uh, but he's only listed as one and Mike Hilton got him the first time. So uh, that that's interesting to keep that in mind in terms of receiving though. Holy cow. Stefan Diggs, 10 catches for 130 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Cole Beasley, five for 41 Dawson Knox, four for 34 Gabriel Davis, three for 19 and a touchdown at, at a moment where it seemed like the Steelers couldn't keep their feet because they were falling down all over the place. They also forgot to cover their best wide receiver in Stefan Diggs. Brian, let's grade the secondary. Go ahead. That's, that's tough too. I, I gotta tell you the, uh, I thought this, the secondary played a decent brand of football as well, you know, but they got, they got destroyed by who I think is a great receiver in Stefan Diggs. I've had an opportunity to watch him. I used to work right around where he went to high school. So I followed him in high school. And then when he went to Maryland, he is from about, 
an hour from where we live. I think he's a very good player. When he got traded, a lot of people were saying that he was a problem, that he was going to he wasn't going to do anything in Buffalo. Um, even fantasy football drafters were afraid to go after him early, and they got a steal when they finally took this guy. He was phenomenal. He ripped them up. And there were some plays when uh, when Knox got loose. Um, even the Mike Hilton, the Mike Hilton penalty. The de- I was not mad about the defensive pass interference because if it's not DPI, it's a touchdown. So you know, really at that point, they Knox got free. You got you had Ga- um, Gabriel Davis. He got free. I I just felt like uh, where they started off very well. They fell apart in that second half. So, you know, they didn't give up too much, but it's still a C performance. Dave, go ahead. Yeah, well, this one, you almost have to grade it in two halves because they were they were A in the first half. I mean, were- in the first half, the Bills had 68 passing yards, which means they had 170 in the second half. Yeah. You know, which I think they went over 68 in the first two drives of the second half, you know, well over that. I'd have to break it down drive drive by drive. So it was the Bills made adjustments. And how do you not make sure you're covering the other team's best weapon? I mean, when he was when, you know, I know the first one where where I thought it was a push, a bit of a push off that caused him to slip. But. I don't know that it was egregious enough to call it. I'm not saying it was a terrible call. I'm also saying that they would have called it. I don't think they could have argued it. Um, but yeah, they just kind of let Diggs run all over them. And that was that became an issue. So overall, you know, so I would say it was an A in the first half and a D in the second half. So I guess I'll go with uh with a C plus overall, which is somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I was going to say a C, just a solid C. I mean, they were getting gashed at times. But then I also, you tie in the fact that they were really blitzing so much in the second half. I wasn't sure why they felt the need to do that. Uh, They kind of got away with what felt like what worked in the first half. Still, I'll give them a C. Um, guys, I, I can read this. Matthew says, two, he gives us $2. Was it just me or was he, the turf extra slippery? I mean, it was I mean, snowing. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you expect when it's snowing. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's, uh, man, let's take some time here. Let's talk a little bit about the the team in general. Uh, Mainly, we can talk about coaching if you want. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to start this thing off with how I felt that this game started off so poorly. And these are the things that we talk about all the time as, things that the Steelers are not good enough to get over. So let's go all the way back, opening kickoff. What happens? Ray Ray, Ray Ray catches the ball about halfway deep in the end zone, and it seemed like 10 players on the Steelers team didn't think that he was going to bring it out, and he does, and the Steelers get the ball starting at their own 10-yard line. So instead of at the 25, they're at their own 10. What happens on the first play? Drop to Deontay Johnson. I mean, it, it couldn't have started any worse. The Steelers haven't scored a, a what, what was the stat? Someone sent it to me on Twitter. I'll have to try to find it. Something like the Steelers haven't scored a first quarter touchdown in it's been a while this season. Well, they had an opening first. possession touchdown against the in, in week yeah, seven. I don't think they've done seven, it since seven. I think seven, week seven. Yeah. 
I don't think they've done it since. Yeah. I know there hasn't been a touchdown. I don't even know they've. Did they get one field goal in there somewhere on an opening drive? I'm, I don't know, but yeah, it's they're starting so slow. They're not doing their their def, their defense any any favors to open this game. I, I said it last week. They needed to score more points early, you know, to get the defense more of the lead. And they just they 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 left points on the field against Washington, and they just couldn't they just couldn't get it going. Nah. And then when they did, it was too little, too late. But Brian, we'll start with you. This is where you can bring up anything you want to after this game. Well, you're absolutely right about Ray Ray. I think if you start off at the 25 yard line, you might be uh, looking at a little bit of a different mindset. I, you know, that's that's a big difference. I mean, I thought it was ill advised to come out, and I usually don't have a problem when guys come out. But he was really, I mean. He was back there, and that was just a uh, a bad decision. Then, as soon as you have that first play that becomes a drop, it's here we go again. And we talked about it earlier. You would have thought that that would have been cleaned up way before you have to bench these guys. So, you know, Chris Collinsworth is saying, well, you know, they're, they're going to go back to him. But with two drops... That's that's a huge deal. And then Ebron does it again. It just seems like it's look, look, this is what's happening. This is who we are. We're going to play through it with just doing what we're going to do without adjusting. And there were no adjustments, even early on. Dave. I'm gonna say something that's probably gonna really surprise you guys. This is on Mike Tomlin. Hmm. Hmm. And the reason I'm going to say this is because I don't think Tomlin's the problem, but ultimately Tomlin is in charge and you need to find the problem and fix it. If the problem is one of your coordinators, you need to fix it. I'm not saying fire people in mid season when you're 11 and two, I'm saying make them fix it. If it's a problem with players Fix them. If it's a problem with whatever, fix it. That's why I'm, I, I don't think I don't think the problem is Mike Tomlin, but the solution has to be Mike Tomlin. That's why it's on him. This is on him. You've got to, it doesn't, it's not about loyalty to your to your other coaches. If they're not getting just like the guys who dropped the ball and you know, Deontay Johnson doesn't play pretty much the rest of the first half after that. Wasn't it until after halftime until we played again? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, guess what? If he's not getting his job done, if 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 guys that are being paid to catch balls aren't catching balls, like you said, that's a problem, then you're going to find someone else who can catch balls. Well, if guys that are being played to scheme up these things the way they're supposed to and they're not, then you need to find someone else that does that. Now, this is now, you know, they played bad against the Ravens. They still managed to get the win. All right. Then you play bad, off, especially offensively, against the football team, and you get your first loss of the season. You were put in a bad spot. Now it's time to bounce back. And it's not that they lost. It's the overall general performance, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, that is not getting the job done. Um. It, he was 
Coach Tom was asked the question in the post-game press conference. Now you have until next Monday night to play. You've got you've really struggled offensively. Is that enough time to fix it? He said, yes. All right. You know what I'm saying? Mike Tomlin, you said there's enough time to fix it. And then it's got to be fixed by Monday. You said it. Now do it. And it's and yes, you're dealing with injuries. And yes, you're dealing with other things. You're dealing with probably worn out older players. Well, not, well, not worn out completely, meaning worn down over the course of the season where these guys are kind of, you know, they talk about rookie walls. Do you know who else hit wall, hits walls? Veterans, because it's just a lot of wear on your body. And I'm going to go back to say it back in week four. Wes, you were right. You were right. Having that by th- thrust upon them in week four and not getting it later is having a toll on this team now. They managed to get through 11 weeks, but they just seem worn down. And guess what? There's nothing you can do about it. You can complain about it. You can say it's a bad thing, but you still got to show up out there and play the games. Yes, it stinks. So Mike Tomlin, you say it's going to be fixed by Monday. Fix it by Monday. You've got three games to get this back on track. And guess what? It's all about how you enter the enter the postseason. I said it at the beginning when they were about five or six and oh. I said this is a great start, but I'd rather have a great finish. Well, right now you've hit a bad spot. But but finishing the season three and oh can still be a great finish. And it's not just winning the games, it's how you play. So it's not about the wins, it's not about the losses, it's not about the seeding, it's not about the division, it's not about that. It's about playing better in these final three games. I like those points. Very good. Hard to disagree. Let's get to some super chats here. 39 ball and cookie gives us $2. Said, what the hell, Randy? Two to Jay Sam and a deep shot. There were plenty of calls that made all of us scratch our head. Trust me. William Hall gives us $5. He said, rest the guys who need it till Cleveland and get ready for the Super Bowl run. For, I don't, I can't even think if there's a position that I would say to do that. Uh, you know, I, you would immediately think Ben, but at the same time, you don't want your quarterback that rusty either. So keep that in mind. Machu gives us $2 again. He says, I live in Hawaii and have no clue about snow. <laughs> He's referring to the, the football field when we were saying it was snowing. <laughs> so well, that's a good problem to have. I wish I didn't know what snow was. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to know this week, my friends. Yeah. Runner Delgado gives us four ninety nine. said, if you don't agree with Dave, you're a moron. Ha ha ha. Dave is speaking... He's spitting wisdom tonight. Spitting wisdom for sure. Go ahead, Brian. Any final thoughts before we call it a show? You know, I am a moron, but I do agree with Dave. And here's <laughs> here's the th- here's the thing. So we talked about, and I agree with everything he said about the the comment about the week four buy, but that wasn't even a buy. That no. was not a true buy. They were were still practicing. It was about not on having Friday. That's what it really comes yeah, down to. It's. And it's about that, too. So I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. There's a lot of people talking about the Cleveland game already. You just mentioned, read a comment about resting players. I took a lot of heat the other day for the rooting guide on the preview by saying, you've got to root for Baltimore to beat Cleveland. If you want them to have any semblance of rest, you need the Steelers to win one more game and Cleveland to lose one more game. And if that happens tomorrow night, 
that makes it easier on Pittsburgh. It doesn't mean that they start resting now because I'm not counting it as a win, but the Steelers' best opportunity to uh, win a sure game could possibly be next week against the Cincinnati Bengals. If they win that game and Cleveland has a loss, the division is Pittsburgh's. Then you go into that week, because it doesn't look like you're going to have a bye in round one now. It just does not look like that's going to happen. And I'm really curious, and Dave, you could probably help me out with this. If something happens, the New Orleans beats Kansas City and they end up tied, where do we end up as far as the tiebreaker goes? Because they will both have only one conference loss. So I'm confused on that. But um, basically, I think it comes down to the Bengals sucking, um, <laughs> meaning that the Steelers aren't getting because it's going to come the the ultimate tiebreaker if it's the if if it's a loss to New Orleans and then both teams win the rest of them and they have the same conference records. It comes to strength of victory, and so in other words, how many wins total do the teams that you beat during the season have? So, like, you know, beating Buffalo would have been a really big one there because you would have got a lot of wins there, but they didn't. You know, the playing against Cincinnati and only getting what are they now? I can't even remember there so far. Two two, and a half. They have two wins. Yeah, two and a half is what you're going to get out of Cincinnati because of the tie and things like that. So that's what it's going to come down to. And I think already looking at it, I I think Kansas City's a decent bit ahead um, when it comes to that one. So there you go on that. So I, I'm going to finish up by saying that, yeah, you've got to root for – you really have to root for Baltimore tomorrow night, no matter how dirty it seems. Don't worry about the fact that you don't want to face them in the playoffs. You, If you have any chance to get some rest – and this is going to be hard to get some rest for guys that are injured and dropping like flies. That offensive line, I mean, gosh, they're decimated. Um, really are right – I mean, really is right now. Um, with losing two guys today. So, you know, you've really got to look at, you know, swallowing your pride and saying, yeah, go purple tomorrow night. Dave, any final thoughts? Oh, final thoughts. Like I say, forget the one seat. You know, that's not what needs to be the focus. The focus needs to be playing better. And what, what you're saying, it's, when it comes to just flat up resting guys, that's not really going to happen. But if guys are dealing with smaller injuries, they might be less likely to have them play um, with some of these games. There, it's bad right now, but it's only as bad until your next good game. So the question is, will Monday be the next good game that the Steelers have? You know. That's really about all I could say. Is, is, is that is that this this is a this is a trend until it's not a trend, and guess what? It's going to be the trend until they stop it. So they either are going to start playing better, or they're in trouble. You're in the playoffs. You don't have to worry about that. Like has happened the last couple of years. I know it's ridiculous. You're saying you start eleven and zero, and you're just saying, "Well, you're in the playoffs." The way this team seems playing right now, they just have to worry about being able to be. To, they have to be playing better when they get there. 
Let's get to some super chats here before we call it a show. Wilson uh, gives us two dollars. Is y'all rock as always? Fire Feetner is the lesson. Uh, yeah, a lot of people want uh, <laughs> uh, people wanted Randy Feetner fired for years. Uh, Adam White gives us five dollars. Is going to be lots of room on the bandwagon now. Let's stretch our legs. Enjoy the home stretch. Thanks again for the commentary, guys. Thank you for the tip. These night games are awful. I hate them. And when they, the Steelers play poorly, it takes me time to kind of wrap my head around everything. Um, not to be just a shameless plug, but make sure you check out my Let's Ride podcast uh, tomorrow at noon. Uh, I'm really struggling right now to kind of figure out what's going on with this team. And I will get myself together. I will get my thoughts in line. And you might hear me go off tomorrow. It's a very good possibility. That's only on our podcast platform. So wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and follow us so you don't miss a thing. Dave, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, someone brought up something in the live chat that, yeah. that I was that I, I I was looking at things overall. I forgot if the if the Steelers' loss was specifically to the Bills, that even puts them behind KC because it was a common a, opponent. A common opponent, yeah. That's the other factor that comes in. So, yeah, that that's yeah. – don't even – yeah, they don't have a. They, they would have to finish a game ahead. Yeah, sorry, just so, wanted to be clear. It's okay. That's okay. So, and as in case you're just happen to follow us, know that we are an extension of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one stop shop for all things Steelers. We will be back next Monday night. Another freaking late game. Goodness gracious. And uh, after that, uh, hopefully we'll at least be talking about a Steelers win. It's one thing to stay up late. It's another to do it after a loss. Hopefully that doesn't happen next week so folks thanks for hanging in thanks for all the tips we appreciate it and we'll see you next week after the monday night monday night game in week 15 take it easy